To the Blue Line Hockey Club episode 26 coming at you. Oh, baby, we have the usual suspects with us tonight Patrick, Uncle Artie Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. Patrick is our producer slash recruiter. We also have Robbie Pete Peters, our local IT guy. What's up, Pete? And what's up, Doc? Yeah, <laughs> They're at Heat Train Heat 2. Heat 2 is our all-around sports guru. What's up, Heat Train? What's up? So we know. We know. And <laughs> your host tonight, Mark the Doctor Morley. Oh, yeah. Well, fellas, we have fantasy football kicked off this week for the Blue Line Hockey Club. And... Uh, Team guys, oh, I got Carson Wentz. I got Carson Wentz, guys. Who's that? He's, he's still out. He's still out for Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Hasn't he hurt for like a year and a half now? So he's been hurt football season kicked off this week. People have been kneeling, standing, putting their fists in the air. NFL's just praying that to get good ratings. So we had a little fun with fantasy football. I think uh, my team's probably one of the worst in the league, but going to be making some trades and big comebacks. Big comebacks in this week. What were Peters the ratings of the uh, NFL this week? Anybody know? Were they low? I know Thursday night was like 7% yeah, down. Yeah, Thursday night was down 7% from last year. Yeah. I think it was, that was awful. Six or eight awful. percent. Yeah, I, I mean, notice, you know, honestly, I maybe I just have too much shit going on in my own life, but. I didn't even know football season started. I saw preseason going, and I didn't even realize that. I didn't <laughs> come out. on, Pete, get with it. Yeah, um, come on now. I know I can't well, keep my head out of my rectal hole these days. I think you got to clean well, that slide. Seriously, definitely the, the bingers clogged up a bit, probably. But the uh, when you look at the NFL, I mean, especially if you, I mean, the biggest markets are like the Northeast and the West Coast, probably. You know what I mean? So when you got when you're leading off with Philly and Atlanta, I mean, I guess those are two big markets, but to me personally, I was like, Oh boy, there's yeah. a great game to watch. I don't even like watching it. I don't like really like watching NFC teams though, personally. So that's just my, oh, here we go. We got, I mean, I can see mine. we got the Eagles cause they won the Super Bowl. Oh, big yeah. fucking deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Giants I was watching the, uh, Pathetic Giants over the weekend. They still have Eli Manning. He brought him out in a fucking walker for the first quarter. Um, <laughs> they still have Flowers playing line. Look, which you send uh, another team, Mark, and you're going to be so fucking pissed because he's going to win a Super Bowl on your ass. Oh, my God. So this guy, Flowers. So this guy, Flowers, he's an offensive lineman. He played on the left side last year, well, the last four or five years. He was a high draft pick, sucked every fucking year. And so they're like, well, let's move him to, like, the right side guard or whatever. So we're going to move him fucking five feet to the right, and he's going to be a superstar. No, he's still fucking (laughs) So, like, end of the game, towards the end of the game, he blows, like, completely blows the block. Rushes Eli, he falls down. Eli throws the ball up, pick six, fucking game over. So why the fuck are you playing this guy Flowers? I mean, he sucks. But yeah, you know. I guess so. We've been talking about him for a while. Yeah, he sucks every year, but they still play him. I don't get it. Look, you're I mean, you're fucking. Good for him. They say what do they say for football? The quarterback is the fucking, you know, the the biggest paycheck, right? Your left fucking tackle is your insurance policy. <laughs> On that quarterback, he's supposed to be the yeah. best fucking lineman you have to protect the quarterback because a right-handed quarterback is going to get blindsided, but without that left tackle blocking the guy. 
So he's supposed to be the best fucking lineman on the field. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Pretty sad. My brother's a Cowboys fan. He never stopped screaming at the TV the whole time, too. So I think the NFC is going to be shitty. The Eagles will be decent, but the Giants and the Cowboys got a lot of work. Dak Prescott is blue. The AFC are going to fucking suck, too. I mean, isn't it kind of telling when you draft a uh, offensive lineman and his last name is Flowers? Yeah. yeah. Softy. Come on. Well, he's probably six, seven, five hundred pounds. So you're thinking, Jesus Christ, somebody's going to have to run around that big son of a bitch. Yeah, but so are you. We're not scared of you. Well, I blocked <laughs> the quarterback. Zeke Elliott didn't do much uh, on his return back. I expected more out of him, but. Carolina clogged yeah. him right up. Yeah, and Dak Prescott sucked too. Yeah, yeah, that was awful. But, I bet they wish they had Des Bryant in the lineup. Well, you think yeah. he sucked because he didn't have a place to throw it, or? I think uh, Dallas in the have five or three linemen that were injured. They're starters. They had some rookies in there, or maybe it was the opposite. Maybe yeah, no, it was it was the old line for Dallas. I picked Carolina's defense this week. I thought they were going to rush him and get more sacks with the three rookies out there, but didn't happen. Kansas City Chiefs. I don't yeah, know, man. They picked up Pat Mahomes. I try. I, I try not to get yeah. too hyped up about the Chiefs because I've obviously been disappointed for a lot of years. But man, Mahomes is—he's exciting to watch, man. He's—I I guess what I will say is he brings something to the Chiefs that they haven't had in forever, man. The guy's got. He's got a set of nuts on him, you know, the size of, uh, let's see, they're just, well, maybe slightly larger than Mark's, but they're, he's, uh, the guy is, he, he doesn't, he plays with so much confidence, you know what I mean? It's just, it's unreal. It's it's kind of like, you know, they haven't had a franchise quarterback in forever and plays in a way that he's not intimidated by anything. He's he's like naive enough to, to, to make every throw and not worry about it. It's just, it's a wicked change of pace as a Chiefs fan to watch a guy like that go out there and sling it around, man. He's, and he's got, well, he's just surrounded by a ton of weapons, too. So I'm excited, man. It's fun to watch. I've never been more excited to watch the Chiefs than I am right now. So it's. Who do they got? What's that? They got, they got the Steelers on Sunday. Roth is questionable right now. He may not be playing either, so that should be a yeah, – elbow or something at the end of the game. But they, I feel like every time the fucking Chiefs or anybody plays the Steelers, they're always stuck. Ben Roethlisberger's got a concussion or his fucking knees are hurt. That's or, and then he goes out there to throw I don't care what anybody anyway. says. He plays through some shit. Yeah, he does. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But yeah, it's all, I think it's also, you know, gamesmanship by the Steelers. They always, they're always saying – Roethlisberger is fucking hurt, so it's just I don't even listen to that shit anymore. But we'll see, we'll see what happens. I think the, the the Chiefs are just young and dumb enough to go up against anybody. You know, they got like a just a young core that's not not intimidated by anything. So they've kind of gotten rid of all those, you know, the Tom Bahalis, the fucking Derek Johnsons, all the people that were staples of the Chiefs for the last like ten years. They're all gone. So it's there's a cast of Charles. characters in it. Yeah, it's all it's all new, man. It's it's cool. It's fun to watch. Yeah, they do for sure. That's well put, Pat. That's that's how they are. Well, we are a hockey podcast, so I guess we can't talk about football all night. We like sports, period. Thanks. Yeah, (laughs) I think Keithy's probably got the Yanks game on over there, checking out uh, what the Bronx Bombers are doing. I see the Yankees game in the background. Don't lie. We do. They winning. Uh, they're down one nothing, five and a seven. So, fellas, we had some trades going on. Still trades happening in the NHL, even though the season is just upon us. So, McQuaid trade happening with uh, Boston and the Rangers. So, who wants to step in on that one? Give a little feedback of what that trade's all about. Yeah. It's just uh, Boston boys taking care of Boston boys. Um, David Quinn at the Rangers now right. was in the Bruins backyard for the last five, 10 years. And to me, it was a kind of an even trade for both teams. I actually kind of tipped the scale towards the Rangers a little bit, just because I like McQuaid just because he's tough nose fighter. You'll fight anyone. I think he was 55 fights. He's been in, he puts his body in front of the pot. He's just uh he'd be a tough one to trade away, but the Bruins are, you know, 
got all these young guys, you know, their new stars, Charlie McAvoy. Uh, he's going to be their next franchise player for a while. Uh, they got Chara still back there, Kevin Millar, Matt Grizzly, Tory Krug. Pat, you so, made a, a point to me earlier about uh, the defensemen changing and McQuaid being part of the old guard versus, you know, the McAvoy's and the, the new guard. Why don't you talk a little bit about I was just saying that T. I don't know where you were going with it, Rob, but he's just a veteran player. That's what I took what you were asking, that he's a veteran player. Um, he's been in the league. What was it, right, March? What you were saying was he's a big guy. He's a fighter. Yeah. He's a tough oh, yeah. guy so, in front of the so net. He'll push people out of there. McAvoy, yeah. he is not a big dude. He's not pushing, you know, uh, maybe he's pushing people out of there, but he's not a yeah. solid guy that, or a, a big dude that's going to move people out of the net and or out yeah. of the boys' yeah. way and stuff. Sorry, crew. Yeah. So, uh, McQuaid, actually, like what you're trying to say there, Rob, but he is uh, of your old school defenseman. He's a bigger guy. He's not one of the smaller guys in the league. He, uh, has been in the league around 10 years. He hasn't produced a lot of points. Um, you know, maybe 10 points a season, sometimes less than that. So he's not very enough, not very offensive like a lot of the young guys are. They're getting into the play a little more. He's staying met back on the blue line and, uh, like the 55 fights. So, he is an enforcer, but with the NHL now and the new rules, fighting has kind of been taken out of the game a little bit. So his responsibilities and his role has kind of diminished as far as what NHL players are used for on the defensive end. So he's, um, you know, unfortunately for him, the game has changed for what kind of defenseman they're looking for. And they're looking for younger, faster, faster guys because obviously the game is a lot faster now. And, uh, you know, you got to keep up with some of these younger, faster forwards that he's playing against so you know for the rangers though i think is they're getting a good gritty guy you know he's a guy that's going to be in the corners he's going to battle he's going to you know he's going to fight if he needs to fight he's going to be an enforcer and he's also going to be blocking shots you know he's known from throwing his body in front of the puck you know and getting up and playing he's not a pussy you know so they'll get some good good grit from him you know that'll be uh something to toughen up rangers defense and you know, he's not a bad defenseman. He's been on the, like I said, he's been on Stanley Cup teams with the Bruins, and he's been around a long time. So they're getting a veteran defenseman over in New York. You know, that's at least the way the Bruins are going for the small, you know, smaller defenseman, it seems anyways. But, I mean, you can't say that when they still have Chara. But I think the Rangers, you know, when you look at Lundqvist, Lundqvist is getting a little bit older, right? He's getting a little bit older, probably a little bit slower. Uh, they need they need a guy to start clearing people out in front of the net to give him a better, little bit better vision on the puck when it comes in and, I think for the Rangers, it, it works, you know, and you bring Rangers are a super, super young team, you know, especially with Quinn coming in clearing house. Uh, so you, you got to have a few, you know, when you have a young team, you got to at least have a few old guys hanging around, right? And yeah, I mean, he seems he, like he's going to be an anchor, an anchor back there on the defense side. Mm-hmm. Defenseman, Ralphie. Yeah. I think Mark was saying something earlier, the Neil Pionk for, for um, the Rangers, you know, and Brendan Smith. They each had 14 points in 28 games last year, so they should definitely crack the roster. They got Frederick Clausen from the Senators. He's pretty mainstay. And then Mark Stahl with Kevin Shattenkirk. Now they add McQuaid. Rangers might be building defense first. I mean, they're not very top-heavy in talent, that's for sure, but it looks like they're stacking their D. And then I, who's the backup for Lundquist? Alexander Georgerov or some Russian? So, to me, it seems like Quinn and the GM are moving from goalie, defense, moving it forward. Yeah. So, yeah, and also though, you got you know the a lot of a lot of the Rangers defensemen are defensemen that are going to jump up into the play. You know, they're they're offensive defensemen, so they, I think McQuaid gives them a good balance. You know, you need you got to have the you got to have a guy hey, that's going to someone's got to stay home when someone yeah. runs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, and they got a lot of guys. Brady Shea too, who you didn't mention, Pat. That those those that guy. I mean, they they jump up into the play. They're they're offensive defensemen, and it's good. You got to have a good mix, and I think uh, that's what the Rangers add when they add when they add uh, McQuaid to the lineup. What do you think about talking about the Bruins defense? I mean, how long do you think Chiara can play? I mean, guy's forty two. He's slowing down, you know, and they're still they're still playing him quite a few minutes a night. But I mean, his day's got to be numbered there too. Yeah, I don't know what his contract is, but 
I'll tell you what, if I had, if I, you know, own the Bruins or making decisions with the Bruins team, I definitely, he's my go-to guy on that roster for sure. McAvoy's a close second, but I'm putting Char out Pat there. Too, is he, Pat? I mean, you're a big Bruins fan. He's never injured. No, he's a pretty tough guy. Yeah, he's out there all the time. He takes block shots. What fights. his plus minus is, um, you know, as a defenseman. I, and McQuaid, too. I'd like to know what his plus minus is. I'm going to look that up while you guys keep talking. But, um, you know, for me, I, I'm curious, you know, how the Bruins pays somebody two point whatever million dollars a year as an eighth defenseman or whatever number he was and then just lets him go. How can you pay somebody $2 million? You value them at $2 million, whatever, two and a half. And then you just fucking yeah, two and a quarter away. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of it though. We talked about it, um, you know, yeah, two and yeah. a quarter a year. Um, you know, they got camper coming to the, uh, coming to the Bruins from the Rangers. He's only at 650,000 a year. So, uh, I guess the Bruins freed up their cap by 5 million over the next two years. So, that gives them a little leverage to go out and shop a little bit and uh, for their cap, they need to pick somebody up. So, I mean, that's part of it. You know, if they got a guy that's just going to be sitting around, you know, they're freeing up their cap. But on the other side of it, when they came out with the press conference, um, there was a lot of respect from the GM and the coach when they talked about uh, McQuaid. He's been there a long time. It was an emotional departure for those guys. You know, they gave him a lot of respect in this in this press conference. So, you know, they they respected him. I think part of the respect was, you know, the guy wants to play. He didn't play a lot last year. He's a healthy scourge. I think it bothered him personally that he's not in the lineup. So on the other end of it, they're maybe doing him a favor to send him. So he doesn't have many years left. So go let the guy play. Why be a healthy scratch? You know, from a Bruins standpoint, that's fair. And it was awful nice of him. They certainly didn't have to. You know, I I think they made a cap play there as, as nice as they were being. And maybe they do respect the guy. But it seems like they, I mean, to replace him with a six hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year player, you paid a cap play. I don't think I don't think I don't think they view Camper as a replacement. That guy's a he's a prospect. You know what I mean? It's well, it's, it's not a replacement. Right? You know, but that's my point yeah. is you got two point five million to six hundred. That's a cap sure. play. Yeah, they went sure it is. Cap yeah. But the, we're not they're not viewing the guy coming in from the Rangers as as his replacement. The, the Bruins defense is stacked, dude. I mean it's yeah. they they can afford to lose Wade, you know. The Rangers Rangers are young, so I mean it's it's a pickup for the Rangers and it's a loss technically, you know, for for the Bruins, but the Bruins are stacked. I mean the defense is stacked, so it's not like uh, it's not like this is gonna be a void that they have to fill. But yeah, it's 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 a cap it's a cap space thing for sure. Yeah, and they got rid of McDonough last year. So, you know, he was a veteran. You know, maybe he's uh, going to be able to come in and be a veteran guy in their defense to help um, some of these rookies or, you know, young guys develop, help them out. He's been in the league a long time. You know, be a little bit of a mentor for them as well. No doubt. I was just saying McQuaid was eighth on the list on the team. Yeah, uh, the I don't, team put I don't think you're replacing so. him if he's not playing. You're getting rid of him, which to me is a cap. Goes back to the cap play. But I, I am the yeah. one that said uh, replacing, so I, I misspoke. But I don't, I so, don't see oh, it as replacing either. I, I just to segue into the next topic here. You know, um, it would have been nice if the Rangers could have picked up Carlson. I mean, I'd be a lot more excited about Carlson coming to New York than uh, look, man, that guy's got to land somewhere. He's going to land somewhere, and I don't believe it's going to be Ottawa. We're still waiting. I think the whole hockey world is going to be waiting on that. He's going somewhere. It ain't Ottawa. Yeah, he played so in the uh, Ottawa golf course or golf um, outing today with the Ottawa players. Still on their team. Why not? Still their buddies. Yeah. So why not? So where I was going going with that Carlson thing is that um, there's still talk of uh, Tampa Bay picking him up. And uh, as you guys know, Iserman is stepping down as the GM in Tampa. So they're talking about the new GM might be putting together a new deal for Carlson to be more attractive to get him to sign there. And whether that's true or not, I don't know if they have the cap space to pick him up, in my opinion. I don't but think that talk is still out there. Make a major change in that offer, right? Yeah, I mean, that's where I'm – that's the only team that I'm really hearing that's looking to pick him up. I mean, there's other teams looking, but as far as – it keeps coming back to Tampa when I'm – 
listening to the you know these NHL analysts talking about him getting traded, it keeps going back to Tampa. But you guys want to get into a little bit about Stevie Eiserman stepping down? I mean, that's that's fucking huge. He's one of the best GMs out there right now, in my opinion. It is super huge, and I I think it's speculation right now. Well, it's a whole lot of speculation, but I I just read that. He's going back to Detroit, right? Which is why he made that decision. Well, I don't know. I heard he was staying on a different role. Fuck, right? They want they want him to get back into the Red Wings organization. I didn't hear that. Well, maybe that's true, but I heard he was taking on a different role with the with the Lightning. Yeah, I mean, he his role. I think the the title is some bullshit. It's uh senior advisor to the general manager or something stupid like that. You know? <laughs> I mean, what the fuck does that mean? Well, he ran he ran out of Rangers to pick up. You know, the Rangers don't have anybody else for him to grab, so he's got to figure out a new strategy. Going to Detroit. They're all gone. So he'll have yeah. to find a new team to cherry pick. But I think Pat was saying that he's uh, his family's up in Detroit, and he commutes back and forth to Tampa. So yeah, he's... He's done that the last two years or three years that he's been with Tampa. He's been commuting back and forth. I mean, I guess his reason why he came out and told the press that he was stepping down and taking a smaller role was that he wanted to be with, with his family. But where Mark was going or someone was going with it, that um, that he wants to be in the Detroit organization, I think I think that's what his long term plan is, like two or three years. But he's still connected with Tampa. He's still making decisions with the uh, GM, and I'm he sure said that. Paid there. It seems like it's a transition out the door, though, right? Well, I, well, I mean, he's gonna have to work. It's not like they're gonna cut him whatever he's making hefty pay for. Yeah, just, uh, they're just gonna But to Mark's story, I, I did hear around the NHL and NHL Network that something. You know, he stepped down, and to me, I took it as, you know, Yeiserman didn't value Carlson with this new GM. I can't think of his name as um, the new it's GM. Julian, it's Julian Brisebois. 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 Yeah. So, to me, I to me, I took it as a Yeiserman doesn't think that Carlson's worth it. He's blowing smoke. We're not going to trade this team up I put together. We're pretty stacked. Fuck him. And some, you know, that can go either way. You can split the the boardroom up in half, and some might say half of the team saying we got to do what we got to do to get Carlson. You're gonna I don't think Eiserman for it though. I don't think Eiserman uh, was on the side of we need to do whatever we can to get him. His yeah. Breezebra, whatever his fuck his name is, was on the other side, and I think they kind of said, listen, we got to do this. You say that I can kind of see a scenario where, you know, he's built that team over the what, last yeah. eight, nine, ten years. So I think he's he been pressured. Yeah. And he doesn't see where Carlson fits. So I could see where, you know, they would split the boardroom. I could see where that, you know, I, I what I'd say is I can't reject your hypothesis, I guess. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. That's a nice. Little I wouldn't role. be surprised. That's I mean, I, I really wouldn't be surprised to see Eiserman uh, end up back in Detroit, like Rob's saying. But he he's going to stay like an advisor role, like Pat says. Like he's not just hanging out there, like you know. No, I don't uh, think playing, the transition playing would be cards with the other man. But it, you know, it, the the reason the Breeze Bob, he's only he's only 41 years old. So obviously, Tampa sees something big in these young guys, and you, you see it in all in a lot of sports now, whether it be. Baseball, football, hockey, whatever it is, you've seen the GMs get younger, man. The GMs are young guys, and I think it's because they view, you know, the younger they are, the more in tune with the level of players that are coming up, you know. The, you know, they, they kind of see eye to eye with the younger guys that are coming into the league. But I think I think what you're going to see, you'll probably see Eiserman end up in Detroit. That's probably his end game. And he's going to groom this young guy, which he probably already has been doing, and he's going to see – He's just gonna for, he's gonna see a transition happen and he's gonna oversee it and then you probably within a year or two you're gonna see Eisenman in, in Detroit as a GM for sure. So the uh, other big trade, actually a pretty big trade, was uh, probably bigger bigger than the McQuaid trade was the uh, Canadians dealing their captain to Vegas. I mean that's uh, you get rid of your captain that's a big deal. Not only getting rid of winger a player, but you're also getting rid of a leader. 
you know, the guy that's been leading your team, the guy that's been, you know, on the ice for any penalties, dealing with the refs, you know, helping out with all that kind of shit as a captain in the locker room, dealing with, uh, you know, getting your team ready to play. So, you know, they're going to have to fill, fill a void. I don't know who's going to be the next captain up in uh, Frenchy country, but, you know, that's uh, some decisions that have to be made in that locker room, what the next step is for them. You know, getting rid of a captain's a big deal. And then you got another captain in Detroit. You know, that's, that's up in the air right now, too. You know, that's so. curious. You know, now that you say that, the Montreal Canadiens, did they even make playoffs? Playoffs. 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 My point is, I mean, the Canadians are giving up their captain to the Vegas Knights, who were just in the NHL Finals. Why is the Canadians giving up their captain to the Vegas? Money? I think it's going right back to what we've been talking and preaching for a while. It seems like all these teams are getting all these young boys in that kind of, you know, I, I saw something on NHL network. It was uh, the inside the bees. This is kind of a tangent, but inside the bees and one of their defenseman coaches, he's working with McAvoy, Troy Krug and all those guys. And when he would work with them in the corners, he was slashing them, and, you know, the guys are getting mad. You know, that's a slash. And he said, well, when I played, that was hockey. And uh, he goes, I'm just kind of grooming you guys to get used to that. But where I was going with that, these guys seem to want the players that aren't used to that. They're just uh, quick, young players that aren't big and fast anymore. So they traded away Pacioretty. They got, uh, you know, Thomas Tatar, Suzuki in a second round pick in 2019. So, so Suzuki. Suzuki. So it looks like they're going young too, rebuilding. How do you play for the Yankees? It seems like Matsui. It oh, seems uh, like uh, when when we were younger watching the NHL the sh- the shift has completely changed from an older like uh, uh, bear with me for a second, because this is going to take a second to, to explain. I guess so. Oh, I'm sorry. But it seems like when we were younger <laughs> watching, like when we were coming up, the college students were 24, 25-year-old freshmen. Well, maybe not freshmen. Yeah. But they no, they have to be done by 25, but 22. Exhaust your amateur hockey before you got into college and then moved into – the pro or some sort of professional career and that's changed. And I think that's because the changing of the guards, the coaches aren't the same. You wanted the older player because they're more mature, right? So these new coaches, the college coaches are jumping to pros because they are coaches. They're coaches. They coached kids. And so now those same coaches and not managers, coaches have to coach these young kids that are coming into the NHL and groom them to be NHL players. Whereas in the past, they wanted the older players, the coach would sit on the bench, they'd never say a fucking word to the players for a year, and the older players are supposed to be, you know, getting on the younger players and and leading by example. And now the coaches, that's part of their job. They have to get in there tell every younger player how to do things and actually manage people, train them, show them how to do that job. So they're looking at talent and saying, can this guy be trained? If he's good and can score goals, I think that that's why you're seeing the shift of college coaches now going to NHL. NHL players are taking these young kids because college coaches have to actually coach. In most cases. Yeah. There's been a lot okay. of co- college coaches to leave. Head coach of the Flyers, he left uh, University of North Dakota. Uh, Quinn's in the NHL now. Um, who else just moved up? There's another. That's part of the uh, the article we were talking about. USA Hockey's got it going on right now. Um, and not that I want to give you know them any more uh, publicity that we need, but um, USA Hockey's got a big article about how coaches are jumping ship with the college players. College players are not staying four years anymore or five years. No. 
No, things have definitely changed. The players are younger. Um, you know, it's sometimes they would get drafted and wouldn't go to the NHL at all. But the um, the game is so much faster, you know, and these the older guys are fizzling out quicker. You know, they can't keep up. You know, you can't play in the league as, as long as they used to. And the talent coming up is better than it used to, in my opinion. Is you way have a lot more American players, players that are way smarter. Yeah, be, yeah, before you had some Europeans, you had a lot of Canadians, and you had a handful of Americans. Well, now you're getting a lot more Americans, um, still getting your Canadians, and you're, you're also – got the the European. So you got all these young talent coming up that can play, you know, and then the way the players are developed now, they're, they're coached better. They're taught better. They're, you know, everybody, everything about the minor, minor hockey all the way up through the national development program, you know, the national development programs NHL every year, you know, so things are developing differently. I was just going to ask guys. It's also cheaper. I mean, it boils down to money at the end of the day. And <laughs> it's, it's a lot easier to have a young guy come up the league and pay him, you know, pay him on a rookie contract if he can produce than it is to pay a veteran, you know, so. Yeah, Matt, Matt's back already. I mean, he's he's not a slouch. He's just um, yeah, he's, not, he's top ten. In, he's top ten, right? He ranks tenth in the NHL or something in goals over the last like five years. So I mean, it's not like he's a slouch. You're right. But no, yeah. he wanted a big contract, and it's just sure. proved to what you're saying. Yeah, and they're thinking Montreal's thinking. You know, I don't think he was the best. I mean, he was a captain, but a lot of stuff I've heard or read over the years, he was kind of a headache in the locker room. So you got a guy that is looking for a big contract you look around you know your developmental system and you say well we got some young guys coming up maybe maybe aren't quite there yet but we're gonna have to pay them about you know an eighth of the amount we're gonna have to pay past ready if we sign them to a long-term deal absolutely a player versus painting him into a you spend a lot more money that yep. way yeah I, I, similar uh i see your point man. over in uh in the um, similar situation um, with Detroit and Zetterberg, he's pretty much done, I guess. He's not going to come back. And uh, they're talking about Larkin being the next captain. And there's only been three captains for the Red Wings in the last 30, I don't know, 32 years, 33 years. So, I mean, to be a captain in that organization is a pretty big deal. You know, well, I, wanted, sure. I wanted to ask you, I, I didn't get to it, I'm sorry, I'm skipping back a little bit, but do you really think that there are more Americans in the league now than there were? I think so. I mean, just look at the guys that are coming out of like St. Louis and, and all these um, areas of the United States that never produced hockey players before. I mean, you got we had two Long Island guys um, on the show recently uh, with um, – McAvoy and and uh, Fox. Yep. We've we've had a bunch of guys from St. Louis, and you know I think that tributes you know tributes to a lot of the national development stuff. You know those guys are playing against uh, college people or college teams and and, and uh, high school and they just they're doing a lot of work to to develop USA hockey. So you're seeing a lot more goal scorers coming in the league before there were a lot of the Europeans and Canadians that were the top goal scorers. You know, Austin Matthews. I mean, there's a lot of good Americans now. Jack Eichel. Interesting, but I'm still not convinced that the proportion of NHL players are Americans. No, I I don't know if they're they're mostly Americans, but I think from back in the day, I think there's more Americans now playing at at a high level, level. I mean, that was part of USA Hockey's reason to get – Better Americans. They want Americans in the top ten scoring in the league. They don't want names that people can't pronounce, and they want people to sit in the seats and cheer for Americans and American arenas. You know, so that's part of it. So they've done a, a lot of work to try to get more Americans. Obviously, it's an American-based league, so I mean, it's more Americans, more people watching in the United States. You know, it's about money, about rating, it's about filling seats. So I mean, they have their the reasons not saying they're the best reasons, but yep, understand. comes down to money. But I, 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 I would, 
at least I feel like they're a, a European, European, yeah. European sect. You're, you're all. <laughs> I feel like they're Americans are not the majority of the NHL. I think they're like second or third, but Canadians definitely have the most. It's definitely hard to pronounce all the Russians and the Europeans' last names, that's for sure. Right, and that's yeah. what I was saying. A lot, was, a lot on, on the Sabres team, we have two Rasmus. I've never heard or met a Rasmus, let alone <laughs> now having two Rasmus on uh, <laughs> our Sabres team, or my Sabres team at least. Not that there's anything wrong with the name Rasmus, but I'm just not that there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying it's it's different. It's new. I think the NHL is doing good things, but I do feel like we're skipping over Americans to bring in the best of the best. And if they are the best of the best, that's great. I personally think we better start fucking picking up the shit here in America. We better start producing more Americans, and that's why we got into the you know the whole how do we. You know, is open hockey or is it street hockey or, you know, is it playing hockey year round? How to get Americans back into the show? But I don't think it's happening right now. I, I personally don't think it's happening. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's just my, my gut feeling. I think it, I, I was just reading well, something. It says like uh, the percent of, of NHL players from Canada has actually dropped over the, you know, the, over the years. It's about 46%. Canadians and it's risen uh, from U.S. born players in NHL up to about 26%. So Canadians are still dominating the league, I think, but uh, the, the U.S. born players are are growing. North America handles about 66%, I think that is, and then 30 there you go. coming from the rest of the world. So the Europe, the Europeans or whatever you said it was, Rob, are I couldn't uh, word Europe there for out of my mouth. Yeah, and the other part of that is think about how many professional sports leagues in the United States are dominant. NBA, baseball, football. I mean, you have a lot of great athletes in the United States that aren't playing hockey. They're playing in these other sports. And, you know, like with Canada, most of their top athletes are playing hockey, you know, or skiing or some other kind of fucking winter sport. Here's here's another point that might help her. I don't know, maybe hurt. But my buddy Chris Lee that plays for or plays in the KHL right now, played for Team Canada. To me, why the hell is he still in Russia? He's that good. He's playing for Team Canada. Why is he not in the AHL right now? Or, or the NHL, for that matter. More is money. he playing in the AHL? I think he's in the AHL now. I, I don't know, but this would have been his first year back or, or, or you know, back to the States, if it is. After the yeah. Olympics, this this might be the first year he's back. Yeah, that's why he didn't sign last year, because he wanted to play on the Canadian Olympic team. Yep. And then after the Olympics were over, he signed an AHL contract with San Jose. I believe it's San Jose. It's a West Coast team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was San Jose myself. And I don't think we ever got into the topic of uh, JT and Austin Matthews and who's going to be the starting center in Toronto this winter. If you guys want to touch a little bit on your opinions of who should be the uh, top line center. We did talk about it a little bit, but I don't think we had enough. I mean, it was fresh. What I'd like to see before I make a comment is – John Tavares in a fucking jersey. <laughs> I'd like him to see, uh, you know, see him yeah, like, a game or something, you know, before I, I go out on a limb to see who. who oh, fuck. I don't think I, I got I got to see him play. He's nasty. He's been nasty the last eight years. I <laughs> I don't know who I put in there. I think if I uh, had those two and I was a coach, um, Tavares is definitely my top guy over Matthews. Matthews is nasty. I watched some of his highlights a few days ago. Jesus I think that's Christ. easy to say, but as a coach, if John Tavares is on the ice and just got off a shift, you're putting Matthews out there. Right? Yeah, I know. If Matthews yeah. just got off a shift, you're putting Tavares out there. They're both really freaking good. Obviously, Tavares has a career to talk about. Matthews has just started, so you know, eventually in ten years, we'll 
have a conversation about Matthews like we did with Tavares, but it's just not as cut and dry. You can't just say every time I'm putting Tavares out, it's just not accurate. Well, if, I mean, I if think he's on the just, ice, uh, then he's coming out. Expression. I think I think that's just you know the expression. I mean, obviously, well, if there's okay. a minute, call it the a minute left in the minute and left in the game seven of the Stanley Cup, and Tavares is out there. Well, obviously, well, I'm going to okay, then time why out. Why are we having this conversation if it's that clear that you're going to put Tavares out there? In the last second, it could be Matthews that light him up. You just don't know. In that instance, I'm just, you go with your gut. And I'm just saying you don't have to put him back-to-back shifts. You can call a timeout and give him a rest. Um, obviously, if it comes to that scenario, you can, you're going to have both of them out if there, obviously. The but. last shift of the game, I want my best five players on the ice or six players, right? I mean, so they might both be there. Yeah, both play definitely. But they can both be on the ice. And so, again, well, it's just me. You know, opinions are like assholes, boys. We all got one. But I think, I think the question was mainly though, who's going to be their number one center? Right? Is that what you're saying? Well, so, it's, I mean, it's Tavares. Yeah. Right. So I mean, well, that you're right. That's your opinion. And so what? But the uh, you know, <laughs> frankly, it's it's a uh, it's a really good problem to have, isn't it? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, that's, that, that's really the answer to the question is yeah. who the fuck cares? Right. I mean, you got, you got two, I mean, that's, you, that might be the best problem to have in the NHL. So we're splitting here. Well, hopefully they win a, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they win a Stanley cup. So the, uh, these fans can leave Terry Frazier alone. How many angry people. Yeah, I mean, angry people on our Facebook page talking about Carrie in negative ways. It was uh, kind of amazing to hear all the comments people had to say, and how many people are still so fucking pissed. So mad. About that call My favorite quote from years Tony ago was that uh, when he was at the NHL whatever awards there, and you know he's talking about all the people that won their NHL and he's like, well, I've never won an NHL uh, Stanley cup, but I've been accused of losing 13. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. I thought that was pretty good. You know, and that's true, right? You blame it on the ref. It's not my team sucked today. It fucking sucked. It's the ref blew it for us, which is rarely. So when's the first season game? I think it's Monday. This week it starts coming up. I think uh, Monday a couple teams play. Um, actually, Boston and Calgary are over in China right now playing. They landed like at – both teams landed like around noon today. Well, they're 20, 12 hours ahead of us. So um, that game's kicking off, I want to say. 2.30 a.m. It'll be four hours from now. Their game starts? Yeah. I thought it was Saturday. Maybe uh, you're, you are right. It's the 15th I'm looking at. So it's the 15th at 2.30 a.m. that you have yeah. to watch that game. I wonder how the ratings will be on that. China. I don't know. It's good for the sport of – it's good for the NHL to throw – I mean, the NFL does it, right? They do it over in Europe. Uh, why not grow the sport of hockey? Throw yeah, a why, game over there. why China? Are they playing a lot of hockey in China these days? Like, I don't get China. A lot, of money, a lot of money in China. I yeah, just a billion yeah, people. That's got to be the play, right? Billion. I, I, don't, I don't think it's there every year. I think they switch it up, but I'm sure money. There's a lot of things behind closed doors that goes on. Well, frankly, my opinion, frankly, in in China, it's a lot of people that are going to invest money in the league. So you showcase you showcase your uh, right. your product in a place where there's a lot of people that can invest the money. Not so much about getting players, yeah. Getting investors. I'm I hear you. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's my that's my opinion. I have no that's clue. A, but, that's I mean, a theory I would be standing solidly behind. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Makes sense. Yeah. More expansion teams. We just heard right talking to Brianna Decker, some, you know, one of the owners of the. You know, I mean, it was from China. Or right. Like so it's like, the investors yeah. are from China for the Women's yeah. Canadian Hockey League. That's you know, right. so, it, I mean, it's, it's on more, that topic, more about the investment than anything, probably. I had no idea that South Korea or North Korea, for that matter, had a fucking hockey team. Yeah. 
Did you guys know that? Yeah. I didn't think North Korea did. I obviously knew South Korea did, but well, I didn't no. know. I knew they had. I knew they had nuclear weapons. That's about it. <laughs> That's about that. Rocket well, man. I, I think those are more like uh, you know how when you shoot off rockets on the Fourth of July, the the little things you hold in their hands. Yeah. And then you got, That's powers, got the big fucking cannons that sit down and you light it. There's a big difference there in the, the size of the fucking kaboom. No, no mushroom clouds, I don't think. No, I don't think there's much going on there. They're, they're still infant in their nuclear capacity. But back to hockey again, I had no idea that either South Korea or North Korea skated for that matter. I mean, I did know through figure skating that China has skaters, but, I mean, who the hell knew they had hockey players? You're talking about China or North Korea? What were you I'm at? talking about all those, like... All <laughs> one, isn't it? Oh, man. So, pretty cool, though. We're getting into some preseason hockey. We're going to be able to watch some, uh, some hockey here pretty soon. I know they had uh, some of these prospect tournaments going on last week too so we got to see who was um doing well and who's still struggling who's going to be brought up to the show who's going to be left behind at the ahl for the first part of the season so you know all the teams are taking a look at their prospects right now and uh should be interesting to see who makes the cut and who bumps out some of these veteran guys or you know the last spot on a fourth line or whether it's a sixth spot in the defensive lineup you know, so that stuff's being ironed out right now, and we should see some more of it in the next week in the and the preseason. Stress, stressful time of season for NHL players right now. You know, I I, I didn't realize that, uh, you know, even players, I mean, like Jordan, you know, yes, he is a or was a rookie. He, he was called up, played in the playoffs, and has experience there. Playoffs. What I didn't realize is that even him with that status went back to the AHL for this Traverse, um, you know, tournament there, the hockey tournament. Got to play the it's all rookies. Red Wings. Right, right, right. It's the prospects, right? Yeah. But still, I, I, I had no idea that they even did that kind of thing. I didn't know it existed. Did you guys or – yeah, I knew, I've known of it for the last couple of years, but... Uh, is it somewhat it, new, it like, within a couple of decades, or is that just, like, always been the, the thing? I don't know how far back it goes, but it's been going back for a while now. But it's not, like, a big money market. It's in small rinks, small practice rinks. Um, it's like a tournament. They almost all play at the same arena, um, different times. You might be playing at 1 o'clock. You might, you might, there might be another... NHL game at six o'clock, so it's just kind of nothing too big. Um, just uh, just to get all the uh, you know prospects out on the ice away from the veterans, so the management can kind of get a grasp. Okay, here's what we got here. Next week is the big boys show up. What do we got over here? So that's a way to look at it. Well, speaking of the big boys, I'll I'll bring it back to you know Big Jordy. I read a great article about, uh, well, one of you guys sent it around anyway, so I'm assuming you all read it too. Um, how it said, you know, for the expectations that were placed on him, you know, he showed everything that they wanted to see and more in his, you know, first two games there at the, at the AHL level in that tournament, the Traverse City tournament, which is, uh, you know, very freaking cool to say the least, right? To big rig, big rig having a Canton boy, you know, repping, <laughs> repping hard up there is uh, very cool. But I had no idea that that uh, that existed. I didn't realize that they lean on the AHL like that. I, I mean, I knew it was the farm league, and you know, there was a, a whole league there. I didn't know how intricate it was. Well, start doing your homework. Holy shit. I mean, look, man, when I stopped playing, <laughs> that it took me a decade before I could even watch hockey live. I, I took a decade off. I couldn't even watch it. So I'm, I'm catching back up, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here. You know, good to have you. Come back next week. We'll be back next <laughs> week. Signing <laughs> your paychecks. You better be back. 
Well, fellas, another great episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. It was, uh, you know, good to talk about some of the trades this week. We also have uh, have some special guests coming on next week. We have Grant Fuhr coming on. He's a Hall of Famer in the NHL. Um, some people remember him from the Edmonds Oilers. He was uh, with the St. Louis Blues, a couple other teams, but he had his stint with the Oilers. Teams. He was with the Sabres for a while. Thank you, Kai. Yeah. He was a Sabres, so, you know, it's going to be awesome to talk to a Hall of Famer next week, get a little of the insight on what Grant's up to. He's got a movie coming out we're going to talk about, so it should be an exciting episode, and make sure you tune in next week for that. Check us out before on Facebook. Before we go, boys, real quick, real quick before we go, I think we should mention, that we, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that the Humboldt Broncos uh, have their have their season opener tonight, and uh come a long way from the tragedy that happened last year. So I think that should at least be mentioned, you know, 16 kids that were lost. And I know that the, uh, I know that the home opener was sold out within a matter of minutes and on the drive up to the stadium, I know that they have all the, uh, all the kids that were lost. They have a little um, kind of like a, not a plaque, but a poster or something like that along the, along the roadway leading up to the, to the to the rink so i think uh, that should definitely not go without being mentioned on the blue line hockey club podcast and happy to see all those guys getting back to a sense of normalcy and we uh obviously our thoughts and prayers go out to the kids that obviously aren't here anymore and to the ones that are making a recovery and look forward to those guys getting on with a new season and uh getting back to a little bit of uh playing hockey what they all love to do so yeah the, the whole hockey community has got a new team to follow this year i'm sure everyone will be following them pretty close so that's absolutely. pretty soon yeah absolutely. I, I know we talked about a lot of, of our stories offline but i'll you know i'm gonna put this out there real quick you know for us to be standing here you know and, and having these conversations and for that bus to be you know sidetracked or, or hit like that and for those kids to just lose it you know there are plenty of times where you know i'm not even sure i deserve to be here right now so um you know these guys uh humble county i mean who, the, who knows where that is we're going to be watching them this year um but uh you know it's just tough i mean I, I'm yeah, just really, tragic very tragic <laughs> Yep. Yeah, so keep them in your thoughts and prayers this week. Uh, obviously, them getting back on the ice is uh, it's great for that community. And, um, you know, they're kind of trying to move on and get to back to some normalcy, like E-Train said. So um, support them if you can. Anything you can do to support the home Humboldt, Humboldt Broncos, uh, do it. And uh, check us out on Facebook, folks. Look up for us on Twitter. And uh, bluelinehockeyclub.com has all our podcasts. Get on there and check them out. And until next week, keep your stick on the ice. Keep your head up. <laughs>